Hello, lovely people in Hobby World. How are you today? Um, my name's John, and you're listening to My Life in Minis, or My Life in Miniatures, or Mlim, as, uh, well, I think I say it. Um, one quick note before we start, I bought a pop filter. I didn't really know what a pop filter did before, but apparently it makes my voice very breathy, which is why currently... I'm uh, facing away from a microphone and talking into it sideways in the hope that you don't hear sort of, well, this essentially, <sighs> which is, you know, not everyone likes that. I didn't like it. I already recorded this once and uh, there was plenty of that. So, uh, and I'm kind of, I just did it then. I turned to my head as I was breathing. But anyway, enough with this uh, podcasting nonsense. Happy hobbying. I hope you're all doing well. I hope wherever you're listening to this, your palette is uh, full of paint. You've got your brushes out, you've got your clippers out, you're having some fun. Uh, that's what this podcast is for. I'm supposed to keep you company with, uh, well, a chat with uh, a hobbyist about miniatures. And that's exactly what we're going to do today in episode two. That's right, monumental uh, thing to achieve. Reached episode number two. And I want to thank everyone for everyone's very positive feedback on episode one it's been really lovely to hear that i've really enjoyed it thank you so much i'm glad you liked it i hope you're going to continue to like it um the the <laughs> my favorite um compliment on the whole thing was actually a text message from my mother who bless her she was one of those people who when i was a kid I'd uh, I'd very enthusiastically talk at her about Warhammer, and you could see her eyes glazing over when when uh, that was attempted. Um, she's never been a, a fan of it, but uh, I got a lovely message from her, which was, "I thought you sounded very good, and then you got to the stuff that I couldn't understand, so I stopped listening." Which is absolutely fine. Thanks, Mum. Glad glad you made it uh, that far. Um, but yeah, everyone uh, everyone has been lovely about it, and uh, long may it continue. Please continue to give me feedback, uh, constructive, please. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll keep trying to improve things. Uh, news this week: I finished an army. I finished a two thousand point uh, army for Age of Sigmar. My Stormcast Eternals are done. Uh, I'm quite happy with them. I do need to uh, put them, um, you know, in front of a camera, but my camera skills are so crap that, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how they get on, and I'll do a post on heresyandheroes.com, which uh, I hope you'll enjoy. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, today, today I've just been, I've been having a day away from the hobby today. I've been uh, sitting on my couch, or well, lying on my couch, watching YouTube, playing video games, eating very unhealthy food and doing absolutely nothing because I've had a very, very busy week and I thought I deserved a day where I did nothing. So I did. But, you know, I think it's something we beat ourselves up for a little bit if we if we have a day when we think, oh, I could be doing so much hobby, I could be painting, I could be making armies, I could be writing lists. Actually, it's all right to have the odd day where you just don't get out of your dressing gown. Um, so that's what I did today. But hobby will happen again tomorrow, I am sure. Uh, I have left this podcast right to the end of the day, which I'm slightly regretting. It is reminding me of when I was at school and I'd leave my homework right to the end of the day. But uh, it's going to be out on Sunday morning, damn it. 
even if I have to stay here all night, but that's fine because I'm doing this at home and I'm already having to stay here all night because this is where I live. That's fine. Uh, Podcast news, this podcast is now available on Spotify as well as on iTunes and uh, on the Google Store. The Apple stuff seems to happen quite quickly after I upload it to the RSS feed. The others seem to take a bit of time. Don't know why, but there you go. And I will continue, after canvassing some opinion, I will continue to upload it to new places in the future as well. Uh, If you've got a favourite place where you can listen to podcasts, get in touch. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Um, Yeah, and then... I don't think I've got anything less to say but to introduce uh, this week's guest. This week's guest is one of the co-founders of Cult of Paint. Uh, It's Mr. Henry Steele, who is a fantastic hobbyist and a lovely chap. Uh, You can find all of his stuff on cultofpaint.com and even more on the YouTube channel, Cult of Paint, where you'll find lots of incredible tutorial videos, uh, really fun stuff, and the weekly culture of paint show uh, with four other guys from cult of paint where uh, they talk about wonderful wonderful hobbiness including an episode i watched recently which is i think everyone should kind of watch it it gets it gets a bit psychological but it's about how failure is an option when you uh when you set goals in the hobby you are allowed to just say actually i know i said i would do this thing but i'm not going to um, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up about hobbying. This is meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyable. Uh, if you're stressing out and being upset about it, it's not good for you. It's not good for your hobby. So, you know, do what I did today. Take a step back. Don't get out of your dressing gown. Eat some, uh, what are those? Watermelon flavoured squishy sweets, something like that. And just chill out. Um, I don't know why you needed to know what flavour of sweets I've got, but uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, here comes my chat with Henry. Um, in fact, we talk about all of that as well in the podcast, and this is really, it's a really fun, interesting um, show, and I, I hope you're going to like it. Henry's a great guest to have on. Um, yeah, without further ado, as there has been plenty of ado that's been done, let's get straight to it. Well, uh, thank you very much for agreeing to do this, Henry. I know, uh, Henry Steele, you are a very, very busy man, so it's greatly appreciated. And today we're going to talk to you about uh, your life in miniatures. Let's do it. Uh, Yeah, and we're going to start off way, way back. uh, (laughs) You're going to tell me all about how uh, Rogue Trader era Orcs and Chaos brought you into all of this. Yeah. Well, it was the... I think a lot of people probably were exposed to the hobby in the way of like a mate's older sibling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I certainly was. Like, so when you asked, oh, what was the first model and stuff you can remember? Like, it may not have been the actual first, but the, the first time I remember really being absorbed by it was, yeah, friend's older brother had this big red toolbox in his room. And like that classic metal, like, you know, folding out one. Yeah, yeah. And it was just full of metal, the old lead miniatures. Oh, lovely. And he was, he would have been, I don't know, 16, 17 at the time. So he was on about to begin his hobby sabbatical, as yeah, many of yeah. us do around that age. Okay. Um, so he was like, oh, yeah, for a fiver, just pick, like, grab a handful of whatever you want, give me a fiver kind of thing. I was like, oh, wicked, oh. yeah, great. Yeah. And then he had this tattered old copy of Here We Go, 
which was one of the two orc source books, um, which is still behind me somewhere over there. Um, and in that sort of handful of two things, there was a bunch of orcs and, and Gretchen's, uh, Gretchen orderlies, actually, and some little tiny squigs, which I still have somewhere in a box knocking around that are about the size of, I don't know, a baked bean. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. The green stuff, thanks. <laughs> just, oh, just, just that whole... I think a lot of people sort of around our age probably have a similar experience of, of Games Workshop in the sort of mid to late 90s. Oh, I'm sure they do. And it's it was hugely positive. You know, the, the we didn't have the internet, right? So, you know, White Dwarf was everything. It really was. Um, you know, and the codexes and, and the things like that. Going to the, you know, where I grew up, that only got a Games Workshop after I'd long moved away yeah, yeah. just going to the local hobby shop and finding that but yeah this this first collection of miniatures was some of those amazing uh jez goodwin chaos marines um oh the renegades yeah the, yeah, yeah 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 um which of course now in hindsight i'm like oh i chopped them up and did all this that and the other with them i wish i had them now no, um, i think you know i think a lot of people probably have that desire and i'm seeing it more and more on online of the sort of homage to the old models. I mean, even Games Workshop are doing it, aren't they? Of course, yeah. I think more than once I've sat and pondered, oh, should I just go through the old catalogue and try and make an updated version of all those, you know, Chaos Marines and, and, and stuff like that. But it was it was really, it was the Here We Go book that I think cemented it for me because I'd always loved fantasy more than sci-fi, still do. And I think the yeah. only reason I, I really enjoyed 40K was that it was basically fantasy in space. It wasn't really yeah. sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. And that Here We Go book with all the little stories, all the little cutouts of this, you know, you follow this mech and this pain boy's journey throughout the book and, and all the yeah. wonderful illustrations and stuff in it. Um, and that was it, really. I was I was hooked. And it seems so funny to look back and go, I was only really hooked for like three or four years, but it feels like... It was my entire childhood, you know. Yeah. <laughs> was that? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think I think I was nine when I got lured into it, and by thirteen, it was time for the girls and rugby break. You know, that's it. That's exact exactly my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it feels so much longer, you know. And it's amazing how much I accumulated for someone who didn't even have a job back. I know, right? Yeah, man. Did you manage to get an army together? Oh yeah, I had like three thousand points of Emperor's children. Good work. Good work. Which was either stuff I bought from car boot sales that other people had already painted. Yeah. Or I would just recycle stuff. I, I did Dark Elder before anyone else, by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's proper hipster. Yeah. Well, it was because I had loads of Eldar miniatures, you know, and I wanted to use them with my army to be bigger. So I just stuck them in with my Chaos Space Marines, and now I had Slanesh worshipping Eldar. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But yes, that was my first um, foray, as it were, into it. And, and that was it. I was hooked. Yeah. So, do you remember, other than paying five pounds for a handful of lead, what your first miniature was you bought from an actual hobby shop? So, yeah, I, I it certainly wasn't the first, but one that I can still remember was, I think I'd been given some pocket money. Like I had, I had my best mate, at hobby mate at the time. Yeah. You know, all we talk about was was Warhammer and all this, and we we his dad had, his dad was doing the shop at whatever it was called, sir. Safeways, what is now Morrison's in the UK. His dad was doing the shopping Safeways, and I think he gave us. He was like, "Right, here's a fiver. Cough, go, go and go down the hobby shop and, and get something." And I brought uh, Carandras, 
Oh, which no. of course you can still buy <laughs> you know <laughs> um and i never had an eldar army um, no. but it was just it was that this model is incredible um yeah for for, for me yeah it re- that was that was the first one but by without shadow of a doubt but i think specialist games was what really uh or, or wasn't called specialist games back then but that no. was really my, that was my hobby like if when i look back on it it was gorkamorka yeah. necromunda epic yeah. um and and those were just those were very manageable even as yeah. a you know because you could get get a gang together quite quickly you know oh absolutely i mean just i struggled so much back then doing armies but getting a necromunda gang or or i left gorkamoka because you just take everything from your bits box i made a <laughs> i made a, a dragster out of a old uh, shock attack gun and the rock clobber. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. One day, I suppose I'll have to recreate it. Well, I don't have to now because you can get the shock junk dragster. I really, really hope they bring back the like scorcher and the the war track style. I really, really hope. I mean, I know it's probably not going to be for a few years now, but I I can't help but feel that's the natural next kit we might see for the orcs in the exactly. in the distant future. Yeah. But yeah, with those new releases, I uh, I've got a few few mates. I'm sort of nudging to go. Go on, we could do Walker Walker. Go on, it'd be really easy. We've got great new models. Go on, go on. <laughs> oh yeah, I watched someone on the internet a few years ago replaying it, and I just oh, I just miss it so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. and that was it. Was the perfect like you could play it on the floor. Yeah, it was sort of original floor hammer. You know, it worked. You know, it worked even better if you had like the right coloured carpet. Oh, um, sort yeah. of, you know, deserty coloured carpet. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but yes, a bit of a bit of beige shag would do it. I think that'd be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well. All right. Let's um, let's move on a little bit further in time, shall we? And uh, I'd quite like you, uh, Henry, to tell me about your Chaos Warhound Titan. So that was my. So when I came back in from the the cold. Yeah. Um, which was never truly cold. It was lukewarm. Oh, yeah. I, I kept my kept my nose in with Dawn of War and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, and it was, I can't. I'm not quite sure why. I think it was because I came back in via sort of via Heresy, just before Heresy dropped. Right. Came back in. I, I came back in via Dan Abnet basically, uh, and then I picked up a Badab. I think for whatever reason was, I went to Forgeworld. Forgeworld was my first experience back in. Wow. Which which was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Because um, to the best of my knowledge, it wasn't around when I dropped out, when I left. I think it may have been really nascent, but I, I, I don't think we were. Sorry if you can hear my puppy whinging in the background. She'll shut up in a minute. Um, so... Yeah, so it came back back via through Forgeworld. And I'd made the decision, you know, I'd, I'd moved with work. I was in a new place. I didn't know anybody. I was at that age where I didn't just want to go out and get drunk every night. Yeah. And I was like, I need something to to entertain me on, on weekday evenings, right? Let's see if I can get back into this hobby. Right. And I, I jumped on, again, we've got all these resources now. So I jumped on YouTube. Warhammer, blah blah blah, and I found this this tutorial for painting a Chaos Warhound Titan. Right, um, and I and it had airbrushing, 
it had enamel paints, it had oil paints, it yeah. was a big, big resin kit. And I was like, right, well, if we if we're gonna try it, let's let's go. Um so I went all in on that. Is all in. Yeah. Um followed it. It came out really, really nice. Um I played my one and only game of sixth edition 40k, maybe seventh edition 40k. Yeah. Um with that. Uh, it was an incredible big, like forty-player multi-multiplayer game uh, right. back at the, the Overlords uh, RIP Club in London, yeah. and um, and yeah, it was it was just that was it. I was like, God, this is and it, and it felt like not that I think there's any anything wrong with just collecting toys and painting them and having fun, but it felt a bit more mature, if that makes sense. Like it was there was a lot more investment in this kit. You know, I had to do all this work. I was using new techniques. I was learning new new things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that that was that was it. That was the sort of I was hooked then. Um, yeah. I mean, and, that is a very bold play. Thinking oh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to like doing this anymore. Uh, I'm just going to buy a, a Warhammer Titan for four. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in in hindsight, I feel like I almost feel like I'm coming back to that stage at the moment where okay. I sort of go to myself. Oh, I could spend X amount on one big kit or I could spend X amount on an army or, or whatever. And I'm like, well, actually, personal painting time is just isn't there at the moment. No. Um, so maybe a bigger kit over six months is actually a better investment of, of money and time, you know, to actually have something tangible at the end of it, you know, to enjoy. So I, I have sort of put the word out on my various networks that if somebody is looking to offload a Warbringer Titan, that there might be someone oh. there. There might be someone interested. <laughs> well, I mean, you keep yourself pretty busy these days with Adeptus Titanicus as well, don't you? Oh my goodness, what? Yes, I mean, as I said, Epic was my my jam back the first time round, um, and yeah, I mean, not only is it a lovely game because it, effectively it's tweaked BattleTech, so it's it's a game that's got thirty five years of R and D. You know, yeah. um, nothing wrong with that either. I think it's really good. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I I love the small scale stuff, particularly for gaming. I love the small scale stuff. I've got my first game of Warmaster coming up this weekend tomorrow. In fact, um, and I think for me, it's that I I feel there's a there's a little less pressure on the painting. Yeah, a lot less. You know, um, but you can still have a lot of fun with it, which again is why you're doing this, right? To have fun. Yeah. Um, and I I just love how epic as it were the 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 boards look you know it's it's not a six by four crammed full of large vehicles and so it looks like a car park you know mm -hmm. it's actually squadrons of vehicles look like squadrons of vehicles you know these huge god engines look like huge god engines um so yeah titanicus is yeah <laughs> nice well um okay how long was it going backwards in time a bit before you um yeah how long was it um how long was it between your Chaos Warhound Titan and your Stormblade, which won you a silver at uh, Golden Demon? Yeah, so a um, couple of years, I think. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't do. So I, I did the Warhound Titan. I did a Nurgle army, uh, a Nurgle Demon army, mm -hmm. um, and then and then Heresy. Really, uh, we'd had maybe a couple of years of the books, the novels by that point. Yeah. World were very coyly sort of saying, no, no, we're not doing models for, for heresy. And then all of a sudden we got 
resin mark four and oh no, yeah. it's for badab it's for badab you're like okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah. um and that sort of that became all consuming uh, and i think that's how you and me met was a was a heresy uh a weekender event i think yeah it was a thing uh we used to come up, up here for those sort of things so uh yeah so and then so i sort of potted around you know this that doing this that and the other and never really knuckled down with with uh what i wanted to do for heresy just sort of enjoyed painting random bits and, and being part of that community um and then i and then i got into i just got into painting i attended a couple of painting classes i was like oh do you know what? I, this is this is really fun um and then yeah a, a bunch of us went up to a heresy weekender at the time they were running these mini golden demons um and i was like do you know what i'm, I'm going to give it a go i'm not a I am a competitive person. I'm not a competitive painter. I'm not a competitive hobbyist, put it that way. Um, but I thought this would be fun. Like I'd always, you know, always dreamed. Golden Demon back in the day was was the only way to see amazingly painted models. As I said, you have White Dwarf or you had you had to go to Golden Demon, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thought of having a finalist pin, things like that, was always a bit of a, oh, imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had that best mate, you know, he was a great painter when we were kids. I wasn't so good. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I'll, I'll see if I can get a finalist pin. Um, and I, I'm a law nerd. Um, that's probably my favorite element of the hobby. Nice. Um, or certainly was, I think it's always fluid, isn't it? You know, yeah. taste change. Um, and you know, I, I was very fond of the iron warriors. I had a small project of them and, I, uh, there was this tiny little cutout in one of the heresy black books where they talked about the Storbazashk, the, the 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 Iron Warriors, like heavy, heavy armor division, how yeah. they used to lead siege assaults. They used to spearhead them with Stormblade super heavy tanks. And I was like, oh, I've got Stormblade. Um, because uh, you know, I'm sure if you remember back at the time, the Wild West of heresy, it was you know, the bartering and the, yeah. you know, things like that. And, the, and the, all of the third party companies to get little bits to vaguely heresy up your Marines. That was still where we were, you know? And uh, yeah, I got, got this storm blade. It was, a, it was a proper like eBay project. Um, so it had quite a lot of paint on it already sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of just thought, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to have a go. And I, and I painted it with a real theme in mind i did i think some nice conversion work on it quite tasteful conversion work on yeah it. yeah yeah the ram at the front is great yeah right and that's and that was very i can remember that day you know people have often asked oh, what bits choose and i've got no idea i just went into the bits box and tried to tried to help have it make sense yeah um so like you know when you look at it there's hydraulic bits and, and stuff like that um a few little you know cutting the bristles off a um dustpan brush for the aerials on the you know things like little little things like that um and just just really enjoyed it even went and got a little plinth so went full plinth um yeah expletive expletive um and i thought i i I was really pleased with it in a sense because i was like you know what whatever happens i really like this i'm really like this is cool yeah um and and that took a lot of pressure off yeah um and then i entered it you know and it and it it did very well um and 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 it indirectly probably led to where i am today um in the vehicles category um my friend rich marlow uh came uh, third with a dread uh i came second with the Stormblade, and andy my now business partner uh, came first and the sword with a uh fell blade another an ultramarine super heavy 
and the next day we, we i was sat in andy's living room and the three of us were sat there you know and i was like my god what's this is this is this is you know escalating quickly yeah. <laughs> um, and i was like so sat there thinking gosh i'm a golden demon you know but that uh it was lovely it was an amazing experience i thoroughly support anyone who wants to have a go at competition painting yeah. but that's fine for me i've achieved more than i ever wanted to with that like i'm i, I try to enter one more time um and i had an absolute meltdown because i i kept buying this land raider kit from forge world and the tracks and everything just kept being awful on it and i was like you know what i'm not enjoying this process yeah um so very happy memories but uh yeah so that was i guess yeah probably two two years something like that i think between the two yeah, well, I mean, actually, going back to what you're saying about being proud of it, the first time I entered Golden Demon, I remember being really angry at myself that I hadn't done better. And, you know, actually, I did all right. I got into White Dwarf. I, I won myself a, a little Golden Demon pin, so it's not that There bad. you go. The dream. Yeah, I, it was. And to be honest, I mean, you know, the real world beats you up enough. You shouldn't be mad at yourself about your hobby. I mean, that defeats the point. It, and, and, you know, if you like pushing yourself with your painting, that's absolutely fine, but don't don't make it something so horrible for yourself that's that's it isn't it it's that understanding the and you know as now i'm in the industry and, and particularly in the industry from a from an educational sort of point of view it's yeah. it's understanding the different um goals that that people have even within say just painting yeah um you know and actually painting an army isn't for everyone no painting with a view to getting better at painting isn't for everyone like you know so that was a real eye opener was just sort of going okay how can we work on some things where we can help people enjoy their painting more not necessarily quote unquote level up or, or improve so it was like oh can we help them become a bit more efficient can we help them make better choices are there ways we can do that so it just becomes a generally more enjoyable experience well yeah i mean that's the trick isn't it really because if, if you're just going to talk to yourself with all of this then what's the point it's not a hobby anymore is it competition painting is quite something if, if you if you fancy it look outside golden demon and then you will see some real uh oh, real competitive people know. <laughs> you know Absolutely. um yeah i remember uh i remember the first time i, I looked at the entries to monte sansovino all right I remember looking at some of the entries and the entry spaces there, and I just thought, "Wow!" I mean, oh my god, that is um, that is a bit a bit next level for me. I don't think it's a surprise when you when you look at the sort of two or three what are probably considered historically big painting competitions, and they're all in Europe because they just are. It's the way it is. Um, it's no surprise that you've got people that are very well thought of and very uh, winning i guess if you want to call it that within those scenes for the last 10 15 years and quite a few of those people have entered golden demon once or twice and usually won the slayer sword yeah right yeah. It's, it's you know it's just it's there's there's a and this is by no means meant to disparage golden demon at all um, I think it's a wonderful competition. I think it's unique. I think it's it's yeah. just brilliant. It's still the the recruiter for our hobby, really. Oh, absolutely. But it's um, if competition painting, if high end painting is something that interests you, I would really recommend you go and look outside of it. Even if yeah. you then come back to it, um, just try and expose yourself to to what what other um, what other what other artists are out there. But and that's something the podcast. Well, I don't know what you call it. The, the YouTube show that we do the culture yeah. paint one we've got a hashtag on there and that's really good for that just just opening your feed up to some slightly different 
artist styles and, and miniatures yeah. and things like that and just just you know oh i might take that back and i might change how i paint the yeah. armor on my chaos warriors or the you know whatever so yeah yeah well i mean i'm a huge fan of the show and one of the things i really like is how you guys each pick something to show off from another hobbyist at the beginning of each show every week because mm. you do see something new every week and each of you come at it from a different perspective like andy will come at it from the perspective of someone who's looking to enter competitions and you might be coming at it from a point of view of someone who's painting armies or rich and matt come at it from different ways it's just what's really interesting and some of the stuff you have on there is mind-blowing i mean i wouldn't even know where to begin sometimes it's no. such a good feeling isn't it when yeah. you see that yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I know I know if I really put the time and effort in, if I really wanted to, I could try and get there. But I mean, you really do have to really want to do it. Absolutely. There's there are plenty of painters that have achieved really, really good results at competitions who I don't believe are that they're not innately talented. They're, they're not artistic, right? They're just they're disciplined. Yes. Um you yeah. don't get me wrong, there are some people that no matter how many classes they do, no matter how many tutorials they follow, that they have a ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for an, uh, the, I would say the majority of people I know that have won various things, it's it's simply a case of application and discipline as opposed to innate artistic ability. Um, so, yeah, if if you if you're that way, I used to be a musician before I got, I got into various other things, and and. I always felt you had those sort of two types of musicians. You had the very, the ones that sort of felt the music, you know, that got it and all this. And then you had the sort of math, the mathematicians who just understood it from that angle. And I feel like painting actually, there's quite a lot of that um, yeah. within as well. Um, yeah. Well, I'm happy to report that I'm still as limited a bass player as ever I was. <laughs> You're a good painter. You're a good painter, though. Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say so. Um, yes, now, back to you. Um, I can see a bit of a trend developing here. It appears you are quite the heretic, aren't you? See, bad guys, it's more fun. Bad guys is always more fun, right? Absolutely. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I, never, I never mind losing a game if I'm playing a baddie. That's, <laughs> honestly, that's honestly the entire reason for doing it, is, well, that, and it means I could play anyone in a game, and I'd never... As I said, the the, the background it's, it's storytelling for me. I enjoy the strategy, I enjoy the the tactics, but it's it's I want to come away having told a fun story with someone yeah, else. Really. And if I if I pick the bad guys, I'll always be able to yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, as much as in my heart, in my heart, I'd love to be you know Johnny Ultramarine and and all of that. But yeah, soul wise, it's all chaos. Well, yes. Um, in that case, why don't you tell me about your converted chaos sorcerer then? Ah, oh, so that was. That was an Aegis Sigma uh, model. Um, I was a huge Warhammer Fantasy Old World fan, yeah. player, paint obviously. And uh, I'm presuming you had a Chaos Army in that as well? Uh, no. Uh, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. no, no. Um, I mean, I've, I've had several since. I mean, yes, I did, but not first time round. Oh, not, right. not when I was the kid. Oh, yes, I have definitely had them since, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this, I sort of, I wanted to embrace Age of Sigmar, um, and uh, so I went, you know, I tr- tried painting the various different things they released, and then it really clicked for me when we started to see a bit more of the chaos, because I think that aesthetic, uh, Games Workshop have sort of made their own. Um, they've moved away from just the sort of classic barbarian Northman type aesthetic. Yeah. And, and I think they're developing their own look, still with nods to that, don't get me wrong, but they develop their own look. And... Um, 
I did this this conversion, quite heavy conversion actually, of a of a Chaos Sorcerer Lord using some um, Adeptus Mechanicus parts, and that, that was something I quite enjoy. Was this idea that with these different realms in Age of Sigma, you could you could go a bit further with the conversions and stuff. Um, so I could have robotic elements and things like that, and it wouldn't look out of place no. uh, in this in the setting. Um, so you know, he had these creepy little legs, you know, claws and 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 all that, and then. I had the body from a barbarian, the what's he called, the Dark Oath Chieftain, and then I had a. Yeah. I love, I love um, that Pan's Labyrinth. Basically, if, if you want to creepy something up, take the eyes away. Yeah, that's true. I'm often like that with the helmets as well. So if I can just have a a, a blank faceplate helmet, yeah. I love that. So I found a Dark Eldar one. I did that, and then I, and then I uh, green stuffed all these all his hair, um, gave him like dreads, but with with um, like. Uh, barbs and, and metal tubing sort of threaded into it and all that I just really really liked it um and then when I painted it at the time this was around I think when I'd, I'd done Golden Demon so I was still in that mindset of, of really trying to push myself yeah um and uh, and I was like all oh, right I've only ever painted Caucasian skin tones I want to try and paint like a, a darker skin tone like African skin tone yeah and and I, and I did, and I was really pleased with how it came out. Mm. Um, and uh, it was just one of those, yeah, you, you sort of asked me to list a few models that I was proud of or, or, or pleased of. And actually, that's one of the last ones I really remember getting that feeling of satisfaction from. Oh, okay. And and it was just, it was a very involved project. And and for a, inevitably, for an army that never got past whatever it was, 12 figures. But um, you know, it, it was, it was a, an enjoyable creative process that the end result of, whilst I know I could do objectively better now, I was still very pleased with um, at the time. Um, he was he was rad. I'd, I'd, I'd consider redoing him. Like it was that cool. I think it was that cooler model. I'd genuinely consider redoing it if I did, a, did another great. idea of them now. So, yeah. This podcast is giving you <laughs> a bigger list. Of yeah, like like I need that, right? <laughs> so um, I guess one of the really interesting things that you actually said there was um, you're no longer you don't you don't find yourself being proud of too many miniatures that you make uh, these days or that you paint. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a funny time. I think the 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 last few years really with, with with the painting personal painting anyway mm-hmm. um i think i mean i've always been in the sense of when i finished a model generally i've hated it like you know I, I, all i'll see is defaults and all but i think a lot of people get get that um and uh, you know I, i've moved around a lot with work and all that so i've, I've not not really had a regular gaming group very often so mm-hmm. the, a lot of the time uh, when when the painting's been occurring, really the only reason to to have done it is to have been for myself, you know, to sort of sit and enjoy. It. I'm I'm not necessarily someone who enjoys sharing a lot of their stuff online. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not by no means, you know, if that's your jam, great. You know, I I like looking at it. You know, don't get me wrong. Um. But I think my my real enjoyment comes from um, painting something and then being able to share it in person with you know, uh, some, someone else, yeah. um, not from a sort of sit there and ogle my miniatures thing, but no, 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 just to play a game with or, or, or enjoy like that. So there's, a, yeah, there's an element of that. And then I think it's, it's, 
you know, I'm very proud of building the business the last few years, don't get me wrong. And that has inevitably impacted on, on personal hobby. But I think it's a, a little bit of direction, a, a little bit of lack of direction currently with where I'd like to go with my own painting. Yeah. Um, and, and possibly simply the, the time I have allowed myself or had over the last few years for personal projects just hasn't been there. Yeah. Um, and I, what it's led to is, as I said, I can't really remember the last model I was pleased or proud of painting, oh, wow. um, which is a bit rough, if I'm honest, but <laughs> but it'll, I know it will pass, right? I will paint yeah. myself out of this hole and all of it. But there's there was one I did recently. I did a a, a, a small army project for the for the YouTube channel where I, I painted up the recent Orc release by Games Workshop, the fantasy one, the Crawl Boys. Yeah. I did all these videos and I sort of looked at sort of army painting just in a different style, right? To, to try and offer a, a different look at things other than a, an heavy metal style or, or, or derivatives of that. Yeah. And I painted these orcs up and, and sort of under the painting lamp and on the classic black background photos and all of that. They looked, they looked good, right? They did. Like I didn't hate them by any means. I was like, yeah, these are pretty cool. I've achieved more or less what I set out to achieve with them. Um, tons of, I think, informative videos and and okay looked at looked at in isolation you know pretty pretty cool um and then i went up to warhammer world uh, earlier this year with this uh so i'm fairly settled now where i am found a really really nice group of guys um to, to hobby with mm. um and we, we went up to warhammer world end of summer to have some games of, of age of sigma uh go around go around the you know uh, exhibition hall or all the rest of it so I was, I was really really excited and, and i was playing uh, my hobby mate ben who's got this lovely painted iron jaws army and i was like this is going to be fab this is gonna be great and i stuck this cruel boys army down on the table and i was like oh right it's just as bunch of fairly dark globs um and it that really sucked like really sucked. Uh, and then chatting to another one of that group the other day, uh, Dan, he sort of, he goes, he mentioned a sort of impulse because, yeah, I was a bit surprised actually when I saw your cross. I said to him, I wasn't feeling that happy with him. He goes, yeah, I was a bit surprised when I saw them. I was like, when I looked at them on, on the photos and then I saw them in real life, I was like, oh, like that. Mm. And, you know, that's nothing to do with doctoring photos, which is a whole other topic. Um, this was simply a, a, a mistake on my behalf of, uh, not painting something for, for what I wanted it to be. So I wanted it to be this great looking army on the tabletop. And what I ended up doing was painting a bunch of miniatures that I found quite pleasing, staring at six inches from my face, you know, under, under a painting lamp or whatever. And it's funny because, you know, I, I help people with that a lot for work. You know, I do a lot of this army painting sort of with people and, yeah. and disgusting. And it was, it was a bit frustrating to go, oh, I fell into that trap that I'm always sort of, or I'm often talking to people about. So that's almost galvanized me, if I'm honest, because I, I'm now, um, I don't want to swear, I'm now, I'm I'm, oh, I can write. I'm basically considering putting together a little couple of videos on how to unfuck my army yeah. and how and basically to dis, because I'm at the point with it now where I need to decide is it going in, is it getting sold or yeah. given away or whatever and restarted, or can I tweak it? Is there yeah. things I can do to it that will get me to where I will be pleased with it? Yeah. Um, and I think that could be quite a fun sort of journey. Um, but I, I think, you know, a lot a lot of it for me, as I said, is balancing that. For work, the stuff I often produce for work is, is at a level that is meant to be 
eminently achievable within a realistic time frame and all the rest of it. It is not something that I, at the current time, get a huge amount of joy from for mm-hmm. myself and I think that's probably all it's come down to so all I really need to do is just find that little project for myself spend that extra 50% of time or whatever that I, that I would, would be doing and I'm undoubtedly I'll be happy and things will be great and, and all the rest of it but it, yeah it, you know <laughs> yeah but it, I'm sure a lot of people have you know get get hobby blues you know I, I think it's a it's an all-consuming hobby this Definitely. one isn't it Re- really and and there's a lot of imposter syndrome, you know, there's a lot of comparing yourself to others. And and, and I think it, it just, it's just never trying to lose sight of like, why do I enjoy it? Why do I do it? Um, and, and not worrying about, you know, find one or two other people or don't find anybody if you don't want to, but find one or two other people that you just jive with and just worry about, worry about them, you yeah. know, and, 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 and get that collective energy around a project going and uh, and all of that so it's um yes yeah, so that's what, when i mentioned to you yeah when you was like oh what models are you proud of I'm like i'm not really that proud of any models i've done there's like tiny little elements like i did some banners on one of the big titans about a year ago when they released it i was like they were cool like i was really pleased like that idea i was really proud of yeah, yeah quite yeah. simple it's not massively original but no one else had done it i was like oh that's cool i liked that um so there are little nuggets yeah, well, I think it's totally natural for us to just focus on the mistakes. I mean, we all do it, don't we? Especially when you're trying to paint something to a standard that you're really happy with and that you want to. If you just see the mistakes, it can be incredibly disheartening, can't it? it very very much so. And I think the, well, the frustrating thing, though, with the Orc Army was that, as I said, objectively, from the painting point of view, I felt I had achieved, I'd done everything well. Like, I was genuinely pleased with it all. And and I, I loved the the feel of the models the color choices, all that side of it, I thought was really good. And I was really pleased with, and then I think I perhaps lost sight of the, the whole, you know, uh, which was making it look, which is why I say I'm hopeful with a bit of tweaking. Um, actually they are more, more than salvageable. Um, but that's watch this, watch this space. Well, I look forward to seeing those because I've got several of my older armies that desperately need to be unfucked. I think. Well, a lot of people talk, don't they, about oh, I'll, I'll paint it to this stage and then I'll go back and do it later. And I've never met anyone who's done that. No. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that and see what happens. Like, <laughs> you know, see if it is doable or whether you are better off just clean slate. Um, I'm I'm very much the opinion when if you do paint armies or, or even gangs or whatever, I'm the opinion that you should try and paint them all it, together ideally in as short a time frame as possible. Yeah, simply for cohesion across you, across the project. You know, you also enthusiasm. Oh, oh, absolutely! That the whole psychology side of things uh, as well. But just from a like, I know people that have you know only paint imperial fists, right? So they've been painting this Imperial Fist Army for three years, but their journey as a painter and their ability and all the rest of it has has far outstripped their original models. Yeah. But they put them together in an army and play with it. I'm like, nah, can't can't hack that. <laughs> it just throws me out of uh yeah, yeah. throws throw, throws me out of it. Um, but again, that's just me. I agree. I agree. Um so moving on, uh, next up, and I'm intrigued by this one. You mentioned little vans for a homemade game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot I put that on the list. Yeah. Um, right. So in short, uh, I have a very good group of friends. Uh, and every summer we tend to go to a music festival in the UK, uh, down, download usually. 
Uh, and for the last, gosh, six or seven years when we were doing it, uh, me and my best mate would create a game for us all to play. Oh, cool. Um, called Beer Hammer. Um, and and, and you, what we would usually do would, would, would be to take the framework of a game, something like Munchkin or, you know, Trivial Pursuit, whatever, yeah. take a framework of a game and then basically just populate it with in-jokes, put ourselves in it, characters and, uh, and all the rest of it. Um, the best one I did was we, we did a Warhammer quest, whatever it was called, Silver Tower. We redid that in its entirety, printed everything. That was awful, hilarious, but absolutely like just feral. Um, and I'm glad no one ever had to see it outside of our group. But one of the one of the ones we did for it was a Mad Max style uh, game, mm-hmm. tabletop game. Um, and why did was uh, I was really into learning about weathering techniques at the time, chipping fluids, enamels, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And what I did was I got small matchbox size models mm-hmm. of all of our, my friends' cars at the time. Oh, nice. And then I painted them up to be all um, post-apocalyptic and whatnot. Now, okay. since then, Gaslands, the game, has come out, and that would have been perfect for it. But at the time, it, it, it hadn't. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of my coming out to my friends that I did this hobby. Okay, yeah. Again, so this was before I was doing it professionally, so before I was doing it full-time and all the rest of it. And, and like, you know, we're, we're all nerds, but... Mm-hmm you know, of different types. Um, and I sort of had sort of kept quiet that I was sort of into this, got back into it all. Um, and that was a really nice moment, you know, brought brought all them out, gave them to my friends, we played with them and, and they were all like, have you done these? Have you painted these? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are really cool. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Like, that's that's good. So, um, yeah, good. In fact, I'm looking up, where is it? It's up there somewhere. Still got my, the, the worst part about it was my VW camper van, which was used for my thing, my post-apocalyptic paint job doesn't look that different to how my van oh actually actually looks. So yeah, that's a bit of a shame. But yeah, you know. well, that's because you keep strapping a machine gun to the top of your van. Yeah, well, you know, you know, it's 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 more the rust. Let's be honest. You know, when when I used to early days, I used to take that to classes, and we when we got to the weathering stage of the class, we would often go out to the car park and uh, look at my van for inspiration of uh, of how rust and all of that actually forms and. No. And uh, yeah, it looks <laughs> lovely, lovely. Um, well, you mentioned it there. Have you ever been tempted to give Gaslands a go? Uh, tempted, but again, just it's. Uh, I'm very much at a stage now where I will play whatever the group I'm with wants to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. and Gaslands isn't that. You know, if I was back in London and still going down hate, I'm sure I'd have I've jumped on Gaslands or whatever. So I'm sure. Um, well, I've got one more minute to ask you about, and actually, it's one that wasn't or the list you provided me with, uh, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about Anna. Ah, so our miniature, as it were, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, when me and Andy spoke about wanting to do this full-time, professionally, all the rest of it, be a painting company, uh, we said we both wanted to produce miniatures. Yeah. Um, this is going back a fair few years now, um, mm-hmm. yeah. but essentially we created a range of, a small range of sci-fi miniatures, 54 millimeter. Uh, scale which is if you're unsure it's about the size of a primark from 40k or um a lariel something like that from from age of sigma yeah so big big but but not like 
action man sized big by any means um and as i said to you earlier like the background of things is what really gets me going um an artwork you know and andy's similar with the artwork not so much background but so we sort of i went away and basically created a setting and a, some characters populate it uh, and she we, we wanted to produce these sci-fi miniatures where conflict wasn't the driving uh factor in them yeah. We wanted to focus more on sort of exploration. Yeah. Um, and this setting and these these miniatures, we are revisiting, not this year, but we will be revisiting soon yeah. um, and expanding upon because we think there's something, I think there's something quite interesting there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the, 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 the hero, if you will, of, the, of the, the first crew, ship's crew that we created was, was Anna. And a lot of that came from at the time, you know, there was there was more of a push for diversity and inclusion uh, within the hobby and just within wider society. Um, and then, from purely from a painting point of view, we felt it was more interesting. You know, we we had umpteen muscly, topless white dudes to paint. If you wanted a model to paint at that, you could go and get one. Like it wasn't yeah. hard to to find them. So, and you know, and don't get me wrong. Like as I said, I've got a lot of chaos models, so I've painted a lot of muscly white dudes. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of muscly dudes from all over the place, and dudettes, given the, uh, the 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 models from from GW recently. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she she it was sort of that. So again, it was this idea of this um, uh, quite androgynous uh, looking. Uh, female uh, lead protagonist um and i think her crew actually ended up being more more female than male i'm trying to remember now um but there's yeah there's other models within that so she was a, a great experience um you know we learned an awful lot from that process an awful lot <laughs> yeah well i mean how did it feel going from the kid who bought five pounds worth of old lead orcs and care space rings to actually producing your own miniature awesome like it really is awesome like to to, to have a, a, a earn a living within this industry is is it's hard like it really is and you're not making you know if you if you own a successful retail so that's different but if you're trying to make a living from the certainly from the creative side of it it is tough like it's really tough but it is very rewarding yeah. um you know and and we've sort of since that project we've done a fantasy project uh day of guard which is sort of elves and stuff and and it's something we're very committed to as a as a company is is producing well, miniatures you know we won't be we won't be stopping put it that okay. way um, well, as, as someone who's bought one of those Dare Guard miniatures, and it is beautiful, but it terrifies me the idea of painting it because I've never painted anything above a heroic scale before. But you have, that's the point. If you've painted a Primaris, it's not that far off. Oh, well, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but that's very deliberate why we did them at that 54 mil scale, not the 75 mil. Yeah. Um, 75 mil is much more generally accepted as the the sort of larger scale painting size. Yeah. Um, but we very deliberately went 54 because we wanted to try and get, and this was possibly not the smartest business decision, but we've made plenty of these decisions which we're pleased about that may not have been the smartest, but, you know, yeah, we, we can look ourselves in the mirror, right? But yeah. the idea was we wanted to try and get and recruit and get people that perhaps had only ever painted GW to try a different model. Uh, a different scale yep and it, it really felt and, and the other thing with a 54 mil is you can get it done in a realistic space of time yeah and as you said earlier like keeping that enthusiasm and energy going in a project is is key right yeah. and if, if you've spent four weeks painting the sword on a model 
yeah, right? Yeah. There's very few people in this world that have got that level of uh, yeah. discipline, right? And to, to see it through. Um, so yeah, so that was that was the reason for that. But yeah, it's an ever changing industry. You know, as a, as a miniatures uh, producer, um, yeah, it's 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 got its challenges, but it's very very rewarding. And 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 the the other fact of having a working relationship with Games Workshop as well, you know, but by no means to the same level as some of the other content producers and all the rest of it. But, you know, yeah. we sometimes get sent some cool models. Um, and it's it's really nice to have have that as well. You know, as you were saying, back at the 10-year-old me or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it, that, that is really cool. It's, it's, very, it's very rewarding. Um, there's no getting away from the behemoth that is GW, you know, like they are they are the recruiter for this this hobby. Yeah. So the the better they're doing, the better we're all doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. but yeah, Anna was Anna was wicked. And we did, because she was the first, we had a we we had a really large scale bust done of her as yeah. well. Um just and that that's not something we ever intend on doing. It was just a fun way to launch nice. um the 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 the, the range or, or whatever um so yeah but she's right i really should paint or finish painting her actually yes i should. still never finished i still never finished painting one of our miniatures again <laughs> that's not that's not where i get the kick the kick okay. for me is the creative the process right is, is developing their background working with the concept artists yeah, yeah. that's that's where i get the real yeah satis- satisfaction and then yeah. i get to see and andy and other incredible painters do yeah. Amazing paint jobs on the unit. Well, that makes me feel slightly better about not even starting the Dareguard miniature. I've got. <laughs> oh well, though she looks too cool for me not to paint her. Too right. Right, time to start wrapping this chat up. I think a uh, couple of questions that I ask everyone who appears on this podcast. Mm. First up, what's your favourite paint? Can I only have one? Yeah, but you can give me a couple of them. We can talk about them. My favourite airbrush paints Tamiya Flat White XF2. Right. Uh, and that is because it's very reliable. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think it's the most uh, reliable airbrush paint to do your pre-shading with. Um, ooh, model, Vallejo Model Colour Black it's a is my, is my go, go-to black. Again, it's because it's reliable. Yeah. I know how it's going to behave. I know it's not very exciting. Um, I should pick an exciting colour. I love Barrack Nar Burgundy as a colour. I don't know what it is. Like, I just try and use it wherever I can. I really, really like it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I really like Rhinox Hide as well by GW. Yeah, like um, yeah. But I think it's, if there's a paint that I get teased about using a lot, it's probably scale 75 decayed metal, um, which is for all intents and purposes, metallic brown. Um, but I, I love using it. Like, I love metals. I love painting metals. I love how they look on the table um, and for base coating gold or bronze or copper or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, scale 75 decay metal. So yeah, God, that'd be the one. If I have to stick my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't so, take it away from me. It would be that. Yeah, okay, that one then. But I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm just not a paint person like that. Like I'm, no. I'm not set on one like one thing i like having go-tos but i'm more than happy to swap them out yeah of course, uh, of course. i mean you can see on the camera behind me, there's just a wall of paint and there's boxes there's of paint. A, but like most of yeah, like most of us i probably only use about 10 to 15 of them on the vast majority of projects right yeah, and it's just yeah. one different ones come in and out of that yeah. and that hopefully is going to change this year as well there might be some good paints coming that i might want to replace them with so 
Okay, then we can uh, we can look forward to news on that. Uh, next question, final question: If you could paint any miniature, any miniature in the world this year, it can be in existence. It could be pie in the sky out of your own head. What would it be, John? What are you doing to me? Well, I'm torturing you, but that's fine. Um, if I could paint any one miniature this year. I have never seen this look of pain run across your face before like this, trying to think of this one. I, I'm going to do like the politician answer, right? It's whatever's going to get me out of this funk at the moment. That's fine. So, so my, my next personal miniature is, is what I'm looking forward to painting the most because I'm determined that it will get me out of this malaise. And, and and get going. So yeah. No, I think that's the optimistic answer. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Then there we go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Henry, thank you so very much for joining us on my life in miniatures, and we'll we'll catch up again soon. Well, there you go, folks. There you have it. That is uh, my wonderful catch up with uh, with Henry Steele uh, from Cult of Paint. Do check out cultofpaint.com. Uh, absolutely check out the Culture of Paint uh, show that's on YouTube every week. I just want to clear one thing up uh, in, in about that podcast. Um, I'm new to this game, still, very much so. And uh, from time to time, I, I make mistakes. <laughs> um, you may have noticed some of the audio in there was a little um, odd. Uh, it sounded... Like, whenever Henry was speaking, my microphone was a bit muffled. Well, uh, <laughs> see, when we were recording this, there was a point where um, I looked down and noticed that my uh, very expensive um, podcasting microphone that I'm currently talking into right now wasn't actually plugged into my computer. Oh, yes. Uh, and <laughs> what's really funny about it is that um, I, when we record these, uh, at the moment I'm going to have some people come around and do it in person, but um, at the moment recording them remotely, uh, I use Zoom, and uh, when you record on Zoom, you get the video file as well, and uh, I got to see the look on my face. <laughs> when I realised Henry's quite happily talking away and Henry was wonderful. I hope you thought he was interesting and fun because I certainly do. I thought, I thought he did a really great job. But there's just a moment in that video where I'm looking down at the, the USB cable that isn't plugged into my laptop and my face is one of absolute panic because I'm thinking, oh, fuck, oh, shit, I'm going to I'm gonna have to ask Henry to re-record this entire thing and it's been so good. It's been really interesting and fun and it's been great. And, and your boy here who's new at this game is a complete fucking moron. Well, um, I didn't want to ask Henry to do it again for a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, uh, he's a very, very busy guy. Cult of Pain is going from strength to strength, and that's great news, and it keeps him very busy. Uh, and secondly, it was such a good recording. It was really, it was a fun chat. It was good. Um, so, what's what's my solution in this situation? Well, uh, it is now, uh, when I last spoke to you, it was about uh, 6.30 um, in the evening. 
Uh, it's now midnight. I have gone through this entire podcast. I have made um, 240 edits. And all those edits were, were me clipping out my audio and redubbing it. It was like, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, the old spaghetti western films. And it always amazed me that they'd, you know, they'd go and film it in, uh, I think they used to film in Spain. So Clint Eastwood would be out there and he'd be, you know, uh, talking about the good, the bad, the ugly or whatever. Or he'd be, you know, doing the, doing his lines. And uh, and then he'd have to go back and he'd have to re-record the entire thing. He'd have to go and sit in front of a video showing what his mouth is doing and he would have to record all of the dialogue again. And so, in a way, I like to think of this podcast as my homage to uh, the heroes of the Spaghetti Westerns of yesteryear. Um, so, that's what I've been doing uh, for five hours. I got as much as I could. I didn't want to clip out any of Henry, and I didn't. Uh, everything is exactly as uh, we spoke about, but I'm letting you see behind the door here. Because I could have just let it go out. I didn't need to tell you all this, but... Um, I, I like being honest. I was trying to come up with things in my head. I was like, oh, what if I could just say, like, oh, my microphone was a bit weird when Henry was talking and stuff. I could have done that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I fucked up. It was my second time doing this. It will not happen again because there is now a big plug-me-in label um, associated with my microphone. So, anyway, just wanted to let you know, if it sounded a bit weird, I'm really sorry about that. Um, I have tried to fix it as best I can. Hopefully it's still an enjoyable, it has been for the last hour, an enjoyable companion to your hobbying. Um, so yeah, uh, what else to say? Uh, what do we got coming up? Well, I've got a couple of articles to write, a couple of reviews to write. Uh, I'm in the mood to paint a space marine. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen much these days, but I've got a real, I've got a real urge on to paint a space marine. So I'm going to start cracking on with that. I hope you've had fun hobbying. I hope you've had a productive hour. I hope you've... Actually, you know what? It doesn't need to be productive. As long as it was fun, as long as you enjoyed yourself. Um, I, I hope it's all been good. Uh, I shall leave you with um, some wise words, which I haven't thought of yet. Uh, no, I won't. I'm just going to say goodbye. I uh, wish you all the very best for another week. We will see you next week with, yes, I can promise you, audio that I have not have had to redub for five six hours um so yeah anyway all the very best have a wonderful week onwards mm-hmm.